I imagine at one time you were this brilliant little child. As we enter into adulthood, what was brilliant in childhood can actually get in the way of you living the life you want to live. Hello friends, I'm Nancy Houston. I want to help you live a better life. all emotional creatures who sometimes think. And so it's so important that we make this journey from our heads into the depths of our hearts. Welcome to The In-Between with Nancy Houston. Good morning, friends. I am so glad that you are here with us. Thank you for joining us. We, um, we just want to connect with you and commune with you and bring you some, uh, I hope, goodness and joy and conversations into your life that, that matter, that make a difference. So I have an incredibly special guest with me today. Um, Michael Bethany is a songwriter. He's an award-winning songwriter and singer. He's got this beautiful tenor voice that has these velvety, smooth runs and... Um, yeah, if, if you haven't heard his music, please tune in to Michael because he has a real gift and just a humbleness about him that goes with it. So he's a gift to the world, and um, he's also a producer. And more recently, I think, maybe you've done this for a long time, Michael, you'll have to tell us, but is really focusing on helping other creatives. He's an Enneagram 2, we were just talking about that and loves to help people. And so he is doing that. Yes, I am. Yeah. Yes, I am. Husband, two yeah. kiddos, two, two boys. boys. Yeah. Yes. So welcome, Michael. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's an honor. It's in your, your home is beautiful. Oh, thank I you. Love it. And Christmas, I feel it. Thank it's you. It's Christmas time over yeah. here. Hector says it feels like Hallmark in here. It does. <laughs> Old school Christmas, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And the smell of bacon. I know. I my, can't have any. My, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> my husband cooked bacon this morning for Hector. Hector ate bacon. But you and I don't eat bacon. The smell doesn't bother me. It smells it, amazing. Uh, we can enjoy it. We can appreciate I, I, the smell. That's as far as right? I can go. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, that's as far as we go with bacon. So we have that in common. Well, tell us about you and what's happening in your world these days. Well, you know, what's happening every day is my family for sure. Oh, so I love that. I, I've got a, a son who's a senior in high school. No way. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Do I even look like that's something no. that should be happening right now? No. Um, I should get a mohawk or something. I got to rebel against this. You like, should, yeah. I feel like something's not, I, mean, I just don't feel like I should, I should have a senior, but I do. I know. And uh, the funny thing is I've got a senior and a first grader in the same house. Oh my. So I am in two different seasons of life at the same time. Boy, are you ever. Yes, I am. I need to go work out right now. You, I, I bet. feel like I oh got to go do some gosh. cardio. <laughs> Keeping up with all the emotional needs of a senior and then all the energetic needs. All of the energy, my son. Of a six-year-old. Yes. yes. See, my, my, the senior, he doesn't need my physical energy because... You know, I like to work out. He doesn't want to work that hard. Yeah. He just kind of wants to do things on his own time. He moves very slow. Okay. But my baby boy, yeah, he wants to run around the house <laughs> all the time. Like we, like let's let's play tag. Yeah. And I actually tried. You know, <laughs> I you know I got a couple of games in me and I'm I'm uh -huh. done. But that's that's the activity in my home. So that's kind of what my world is like. But yeah, outside of my home with my wife and my boys, uh, this is a very very um amazing season mm. stepping out of I've been a, a worship pastor elder executive leader in church uh, for decades wow. it's just been the way I I've, I've operated of course yeah even with the music industry I was by vocation I worked in the church and also did music as well with artistry but this is the first season where God's called me out and to step out mm. into a platform that he's called me into uh, specifically for me and my family in the season to minister to creative to creative, yeah. and also it's not just the creatives because I find that a lot of the subjects that that God gives me to speak on apply to to almost anyone. For sure, but I think because of the unique way that God has made me, the way that that lands in you know and on the hearts of creatives is so different, 
and necessary. Yeah. Um, and so that's the season I'm in right now, which I'm fully diving into that. Uh, released an album this year. Yeah. Um, you know, started podcasting top of the year with my, my brother, Hector, and oh. he pushed me out and I'm still <laughs> out here trying to learn to swim. And and then also moving into um, overflow culture, which is yeah. the, the ministry of really helping creatives and resourcing them and mentoring them and mm -hmm. uh, giving them a place to go for encouragement, but also resources, information and, and revelation, yeah. things that will help open their their eyes to what God is really doing. And to see themselves in light of how God made them, not just how they feel about themselves. Mm. And that's tough, right? Because I know what that's like walking walking that out because you you get caught in that thing. I am what I do. And what I do is yeah. so phenomenal. I don't mind being that. Yeah. But that's problematic. Oh, that's you know? so good. Because it's not a complete image of who God made you to be. That's so good. So, Talk a little more about that. Like you, it, there's a difference there. And, and so help, help define that for us. Yes. I mean, in any, in any person experience, whether you're mom or whether you're a scientist or whether you're a musician or a singer, it doesn't matter. Um, I think if I take the positive side of it, you know, if what you do is good and it's fruitful and it's beneficial, yeah. it's, it's kind of tough to separate who you are as a person from that. Yes, because all of the rewards and, and all the accolades and all the attaboys seem to come from doing that. Yeah. So I kind of intrinsically want to be that. Absolutely. And, and I want to be the person that everyone celebrates. Yeah. The reality is who I really am is not a, just a person to be celebrated. No. It's also a person to be corrected. There you go. So so that means I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not all good. I'm not all celebrations. No. There's also grief in here. Oh, yeah. There's pain in here. Absolutely. My identity is far more complex than the best part of my presentation. That, so, is, that, that is so important for people to hear, for all of us to be reminded of. Because otherwise we can get so caught up and get our identity all wrapped up in what we do. and then. But at the end of the day and when we're with ourselves, we know, wait a minute. Yeah. There's more to me than what I do. Absolutely. Right. And I think that's where people can end up kind of lonely and lost and exhausted because too much has been wrapped up in that identity. And in performance, because oh. now I got to dance. Yeah. I, you know, I don't I don't I don't get paid unless I do the dance. I've got two boys. So when I think of my identity, I don't think of myself as a performer. I think of myself as a son. Mm, I love that. I'm my father's son. You are a son. I'm a son. That's who I am. I am loved by yes. God. I, I am his son. And so Ooh. because I know who my father is, and yeah. I'm not talking about my earthly father. Right. I'm speaking of my heavenly father. Yeah. That is my identity. Yes. I am who everything he tells me I am. Yeah. And and the things that, that the father says about me is not always reflected in my performance. No. That's why identity is so much deeper than what you do because you cannot do your B. No. <laughs> right? Right? You, you can do out of that, but but those are two different things. So that means that everything I really am, it's hard to express. Yes. And there's 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 some contradiction sometimes in that. God says that I'm I'm the beloved of God. I'm the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's that's who he says I am, and that's true. Yeah. But I, but I, my behavior, my where I am in the trajectory of my maturation, yeah. doesn't always reflect that. But right. I think that's good when you think about not only the positive side that I'm not I'm not the good of all I do. It also means that the worst things that I may do, I'm not that either. Yeah. So yeah. It, so I can balance my my world by saying the polarization of my behavior and activities uh -huh. and accomplishments does not sum up my identity. Oh. I s can you say it one more time? That's so good. Like, we need that on Pete and repeat. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. I think humans need that because the world pulls us in this opposite direction of finding our identity in Christ. Right? That's right. That's I mean, right. and so there's this constant pull. That's right. It yeah. does. And I think we, my, my heart is to pull people out of that. Oh, I like that. So here's the here here is the beauty of journeying in life with a balance. I I can have an incredible day and not let that go to my head. Yes. 
Isn't that good? If your identity's oh. not wrapped up in what you're doing. Oh, you lose yourself. You do. If I, I can get just, just, I can get all the praise, you know, that is given on the highest level. Yeah. And still not lose perspective good. of who I am. And at the same time, I can be at the lowest moment mm-hmm. and, and bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. Because th- those heights and those lows don't define my heart. My father does. Mm. He's he's the Lord of the mountain and he's the Lord of the valley. Amen. But the, the fact that he's the Lord is what balances me. Yeah. And so and people ask me all the time and I get this question, which to me internally is like, what do you mean? Like, how can you have all this somewhat? I'm not famous. OK, but I do have some level of success in what God has called me to do. Yeah, for sure. So for absolutely 100%. <laughs> so well people say, well, how do you how are you so normal or yeah. or humble? Yeah. And in yeah. my mind I'm like that's a weird question. Like I know who the Lord is. You Michael, it's a great question. Because I'm, you know, sadly you and I both know this. We have created this uh I don't know, celebrity culture within the Christian community. And we've seen people we know and love fall off the bandwagon in some ways or get so caught up in themselves and believing the culture's narrative about who they are that they've lost a part of their, almost like their soul or their humanity. Mm. So I think what you're saying is, even more important than we know. Mm, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. really is, my friend. Yeah. You know, you found a way. How do you how how do you stand solid and steady on a tossing ship? That's right. Yeah. Cause right, because that's what the world we live in. And if you need to find your identity and who people say you are, if any of us do. Yeah. You know, if you're a mama and you're looking for your identity and who your kids say oh you are, my goodness. you're going to feel so horrible about yourself because sometimes kids are brutal. Our own children. <laughs> they're mean. Are, out there. Right. No, I love them. But I, they I love crazy. them, too. But, man, they're so honest. My, OK, let me tell you. <laughs> here's a funny story. So my youngest came home one day. This is maybe a year ago. Yeah. He's five. Yeah. And he tells us. Uh, Dad, I want new parents. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, yeah. I want to go live with, <laughs> this is what he tells me. I want to oh, go yeah. live with my Uncle Danny and my TTCC. <laughs> uh, I said, why? And he's like, because they make me pancakes. Mm-hmm. And and he just goes on, and he just loves his, his aunt and uncle. So oh, yeah. he's going on. Now, okay, I'm listening to my son tell me. Uh-huh. And then I said, well, what about me? He's, this This is what he says. Yeah. We could get you a new child we could get you <laughs> someone someone else <laughs> uh, i believe it i love you i, I don't want you to yeah. be without right. but i am i'm yeah. thinking about but all that to say my son i know he loves me but as he grows he's responding to life based on what pancakes taste yes like, exactly right and so yes yeah but even when you look at the people around our friends yeah People outside of us, I, I think I love the way um, God tells Samuel that man looks at the outer, God yeah. looks at the heart. Yeah. And it's not to correct man. It's yeah. saying man doesn't have the capacity yeah. outside of God's vision to see inside a person. That's right. That's right. So people are interacting with you based on what pancakes taste like. Exactly. Like, that like exactly. Well, that was great. I enjoyed it. You made yes. me laugh. You made me smile. Oh, you made me sad. Yeah. I don't know if I like this I don't anymore. Know if I like and you. I'm not sure if I want to be committed. Uh-huh. And so we have to make sure that we don't allow people mm. to be the barometer of our identity. Like Man. we can't allow people to 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 inform that because they are most of the time. Yeah. Even great people, they're responding to their experience with you. Yes. Right. Not the identity of you. No. And it's hard. And even me, I'm having a beautiful experience with you. Yeah. This is a beautiful place. There's a Christmas tree in the corner. It smells like bacon. It's it's great. Yeah. But if this experience changed, Mm -hmm. that I would have to think deeply about my commitment of staying in this room. Exactly. And I think that's where we all struggle. and, And okay, so let me take it to the next step. Let's take marriage, for instance, right? Yeah. 
Well, marriage is the greatest test of this. Oh. Because you you you're drawn to a person based on I'm using pancakes because that's yeah. what my son wanted to leave me over. <laughs> <laughs> we we are drawn to a person based on what pancakes taste uh, like. Uh, what kind of pancakes they're serving? Oh, you're sweet. <laughs> yes. You're oh, so man. soft. You, you make me feel beautiful. warm inside. I love the scent. Your comfort food. Oh, you make me feel <laughs> oh, great baby. about life. I w- I'm inspired. Yes. People like say, you know, if people don't inspire you, get them out of your life. You don't want anyone in your life that's draining you. Let mm. me tell you something about it's be careful how you uh, talk about what drains you because that might be your future husband. Well, here's the thing. We've got we live in this world that is either either we're enmeshed in our relationships or we do emotional cutoffs so yes, quickly. Yes, yes. Instead of like, whoa, there's some truth to iron sharpening iron. And that is that is not a, right. a comfortable experience. No, we don't like that. To and to have the person that you love and have these romantic dinners with yes. be the same person to cut you. That's right. That's right. And but but this is the point. If we this is why I love marriage mm. because marriage has taught me not only how to love my wife but how to love other people. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Like marriage is such a beautiful training ground. And, you know, God is God is funny. I mean, you know, like he gives us all these powerful feelings of attraction. You know, I call them love drugs. Yeah. Where we are attracted to each other. And then what every couple has to eventually do is move from attraction to attachment. Yeah. And yeah. that is a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because then we don't have these powerful love drugs flowing. That's I'm right. not saying you can't still access those, but they aren't as powerful because the relationship is meant to mature and deepen and grow. Yes. Just like all of our relationships are, right. right? Like yes. people can come to church and they're in the honeymoon phase. And then they start realizing like, oh, that worship leader's human. Oh, the, oh, dang, the pastor's The pastor's. Oh, got man. Got some weird ways yeah. about it. Yeah, oh, he's got some, <laughs> he, he's got some quirks. Yeah. She's got some, you know, idiosyncrasies. And or maybe some inconsistencies. Like, maybe. He said this. Maybe. But now we're doing something else. Now we're realizing we're all just Wait humans. Wait a minute. We are messy fallen oh broken humans i was gonna throw politics in the bag there you, you go know, i don't want to shake things up. <laughs> but 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 here's the thing yeah here's why this this point is so important if we if we allow what we see and what we experience yeah. to determine our commitment mm. we're not living out of identity no we're not i am called to be here not for just the good times I'm called to be with you because of who we are. Absolutely. The partnership of 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 who we are connected. Yeah. It it is far more profound than our experiences. And when you get to that point, you talk about attachment, yeah. where I can outlive a bad experience and find another good one. Yeah. And and then if I'm able to do that, then I can see purpose evolve. That's I can see so the purpose good. of God maturate. I can see in my marriage going from honeymoon to yeah. disillusionment. Yep. To clarity, yeah. To a, now, uh, it's sometimes we have these highly um, beautiful romantic moments. Yeah. But what we have that's more that's actually better than that. I love more than that is yeah. a consistency. Isn't that true? That you know what you don't have to dance for me. You don't have to make me laugh. No. I'm I'm in this for the long haul on yeah. good days, bad days, not based on experience but based on the higher purpose of who we are and from a place of identity. I'm called to you. Yeah. When we get to that place, not only am I not uh, broken and destroyed by maybe a, uh, something bad that happens or maybe experience with you that I don't like, but I'm, I'm, also, I'm also freed and liberated mm-hmm. so that I can continue doing the things that matter. Here's the thing. We end up sometimes throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Yes. I don't like the way this this relationship is going, so I'm going to leave it. So I'm out. Or yeah. I don't like how it makes me feel, so I've got to leave this so I can feel better about myself. That means your sense of, of self-awareness and, ideal, and identity is too shallow. Absolutely. Or we can move into, I need to fix you so I feel okay. Oh, that always works. 
and, and, the, and, you know, right? How many times do we just project all our garbage onto our spouse or somebody else or even our church or community or whatever? Yeah. And it's really like, oh, wait, that's the internal work I need to do. Isn't it always pointing back at you, though? Like, Oh, every time we do this, we got all these fingers pointing back right here at me. That's like Nancy, take the speck out of I your mean, own. But eye. that's but that's that's important because the only person I really have any, I, I okay. We we talked about we in a former conversation we're talking about influence. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it makes me think about the the greatest influence I have is on myself. Amen. I always say if I can lead me, yes, I might have the potential to be influential with others, but it's got to start here. I have to take accountability. Yes, because I can, I can't, I can tell you everything you should do, give you help, but the only decision I control, yes, is mine. So every relational challenge my wife and I've ever had has mm-hmm. always informed me of what I'm doing wrong. What's going on with me? What I need to grow in. Yes. And so if I take that seriously, honestly, I don't have time to point the finger as much as I have to invest in myself. And if I do that faithfully, I actually become the inspiration of the romantic story. Because a a growing, accountable person is attractive. Dude. (laughs) That's attractive. That is so good, man. I I'm like, woo. We we like gotta. We have to stop, and take that in. Yeah. We need to all pause, because this is marriage therapy 101. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, stop pointing the finger at your spouse and look in the mirror. Yep. You know, marriage is meant to be a mirror. It is. And you know, if your spouse holds up a mirror and you're like, I don't like that mirror. Right. Mm. It, That's right. Or we can, the, our spouse can look up, hold up the mirror and we can go, I don't like what I see in the mirror. So, but it's a reflection of what's going on with me. Yeah. So I need to pause and look at me. You know, I need to pause and look at me. Yeah. And so that's what, say, thank you. Oh, absolutely. You said that so beautifully. Thank you, know, you. And you know what I've also found is sometimes we don't understand what we see in the mirror. No, we don't. Like I'm looking at yeah. this relationship and I can't tell if it's your fault. I can't tell if it's my fault. I can't tell if it's the economy. I'm not sure if it's your mother or mine. Something's off. And and if if I have if I'm not careful and I won't take accountability, it's much easier to say, I'm not sure what's going on, but it has to be your fault. It's gotta be mine. you. I yeah. feel and so when you look in the mirror, it's it's meant to study. It truly just to is. look at it long enough and think through, and then also remember that the only thing that you can take away from that image are things you can change. And that's so, so good. Th- th- that's the point. I can see other if I'm looking in my bathroom mirror, I can see other things in the room. Yeah. But the only thing that I can change internally is me. That's right. And so I can see my wife in that image. I can see what she did in that image. I can think about what I did. I'm not sure, yeah. but I have to think about what can I do differently? What do I need to think about differently? What can I apply to my life? And sometimes that is difficult, especially when you're in a moment where maybe your mate is absolutely wrong. For sure. At the same time, it's too simple of an answer to say, it's just the fact that they're wrong. Well, thank you. That is so good what you just said, because even if it's, like, let's say my spouse is 99% off. I still have the 1% I can own. And I can still ask myself, how do I want to show up in this moment? That's right. Even if I think he's being the biggest jerk in the world, how how do I want to show up in this moment? Not how was that challenging right, me? Right. Yeah. How, how do I want to respond to this moment? Because that is still mine to own. That's right. So that's so good. Okay, so you said a couple of things. I, I just want to backtrack. Let's go Can we for backtrack, it. buddy? Yeah. Because you said some really good things. Um, I love what you said about if your identity is firmly planted in Christ. Yeah. Like, there's a passage in the Message Bible that says, it's in Christ you find out who you are and what you're living for. Mm-hmm. So I think there's identity and purpose found in Christ. That's right. Right, those two big hunkin' chunkin' pieces of yeah. our lives, yeah. right? And so I think that's what you were really 
saying to us and helping us understand. Mm -hmm. And then you also said what you're loving about your marriage is you are finding secure attachment there because you know that your good parts, your bad parts, all your parts are welcome and received. That's right. And that you're finding that in yourself, like when people are applauding you, you don't let yourself go too high. And when when you're feeling like, oh, I'm the worst of the worst today, you've encountered your own humanity and some parts of yourself that you don't actually enjoy that much, you're, you're still holding on to who you are. That's right. Does that make sense? Because this is where a lot of us go wrong. We go really too high and we need a hand down. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Michael, you're just human. Yes. That's right. That's right. The audience is loving you and your voice is beautiful and amazing. And you're yeah. human. And then some people go low where there's so much self-loathing mm -hmm. and self-hatred and contempt towards themselves yeah. that they can get lost down here and they need a hand up. Right. So keep talking to us about, because you're in this world that can applaud you, you know. Yeah. So, so how, how have you, I mean, and I imagine that you've had to mature into this. Like, I bet you know things now that you didn't know how to manage 20 years ago. Yeah. Is that true? Or have Absolutely. you always known how to be steady and when I was When I was three, I had this epiphany and I knew. Who I was? No, I'm Ooh. Just no. <laughs> Ooh. I was three. Ooh. Actually, I was three. <laughs> no. I mean, this is this is just life. We we grow. Yeah, I mean, we do. There, you know, I I sometimes think maybe I I bloom late. Honestly, yeah, me too. Um, but it's like it just took sometimes years for some things. And there, I, there are other folks I know who are ahead of me in this. But it just took me years to learn some things. I've had a very unique life. You know, mm. I I lost my mother when at two. I lost my father at twenty. You did? Yeah. So I've got some. You some, lost your mother? Yes. At two? Yes. Not at the mall. Actually, she went to heaven. <laughs> so, oh, like she uh, died when you were two. When I was two. Yes. So when I was when I was two, my my mother passed away. Michael, that's a huge loss for a little two year old. It is boy. major. It is absolutely major. So two year olds are so attached to mama. I was highly attached to mama. Oh. Here's here's what's interesting. I actually have a memory. You do. And isn't that crazy? No, that's beautiful. I told Tell my, me. I asked my father about it, and I yeah. said, "Dad, did this happen?" Wow! And I described an entire scene, detail by detail, and he says, "That's exactly it happened all the time. What you just described." Oh my God! I remember when my father and mother would rehearse in the basement with their band. Oh! And I and I was like, I remember sitting underneath your desk, watching yeah. you rehearse. And mom coming to get me, taking me upstairs, stopping at the top step, and then taking me to bed. Aww. And then I have this other, other, other memory of him getting the stereo. And I remember him having the living room all torn apart and he's doing stuff. And I explained, he's like, yeah, that, that happened. Wow. And I'm like, how in the world? And I, I believe because the loss was so great that oh. God supernaturally gave me something to keep. Oh, that's beautiful. Because uh, I, I would not know her. But I have something that's intangible that can't be taken. Isn't it in, oh, wow, it, that that's what you took in, your mother and father's musicality? Yeah. That's yes. probably why this world is so important to you. Oh, for sure. Those warm feelings and all that music was wired into your system. Oh, day in and day out. Oh, my goodness. And then mama carrying you up the steps to tuck you into bed. You know, yeah. another picture of warmth and nurturance. And yes. I mean, this thing that... This, uh, that subconscious nature yes. is filled with information. <laughs> well, parents are the architect yes. of our wiring. Yeah. And even though you were pre-verbal, you were taking it all yeah. in. It's there. You you took it all in. And then when you later in life, you, when you became verbal, you could find some words to describe it to yes. your dad. Yes. And check it out if it was real. I rem and that's how that's what that's what's powerful about. Even as we raise our kids, yes. everything they see matters. Oh, and they feel. They feel it. They can feel the tension. Yes. They can feel security. They can feel danger. They yeah. can feel it. They can't articulate it, but they can feel it. Absolutely. And so when I talk about my journey as a person, it includes devastating and loss, like devastation uh, loss, absolutely. all these things yeah. that happen. My father being sick 
Mm. Um, from my teenage years and passing away when I'm when I'm 20 years old. Michael, these things happened, uh, and I can go into some of the images kind of come to mind. The episodes that he had and trying yeah. to pick him up off of the bathroom oh, floor. And Michael, these things happened. Yeah. However, it's a part. So this is what. Even in that, I say that for the purpose of saying, I'm not, this is not a passive statement I'm making about being aware of who you are. Yeah. Through devastation, loss, and yeah. trauma. Yeah. And and sexual abuse. And mm. you see, these are these are real things. They are real things. That they are not insurmountable obstacles wow. to understanding who God made you to be. You know, Michael, what you're saying is so valuable is, you know, because I read about how your family was important, but I didn't know about all this loss and suffering. Yeah. Um, you know, I was wired in a very different family where there was a lot of abuse and trauma and alcoholism and rage and violence and yuck. And yet we've both come from different ways of suffering and we've both had to, and, and I had sexual trauma. It sounds like you did as yeah. well. And so suffering is a part of being human. It is. It is. It's a part of our, well, how would you describe suffering and how suffering is used in our lives? And Suffering because of the fall yeah. of Adam, because yeah. of sin. Yeah. Suffering is inevitable. It's inevitable. It's a part of that, of that, um, the result of sin. Yeah. But it's also something that God redeems. Amen. Uh, I, I think about, when I think about suffering, the, the pinnacle of, of suffering is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it, Isaiah says that it pleased the Father to bruise him. Yeah. He suffered for me. The path to redemption always passes through suffering. Always. And it ends in resurrection. <sighs> so for us, I understand our path to life that you've got to see ahead of the trauma. Yeah. You've got to see out and out beyond the pain. Mm -hmm. uh, if you take anything, right, whether it be an injury to your knee, yeah. there is a point beyond this moment that's better. That's right. There's a point beyond this moment where there are things you've learned from that injury that you cannot quantify in this moment. How you've learned instincts as a child. Every time you injured yourself, you learned something new. Yeah. You learn how to protect yourself. You learn instincts of, of self-preservation that are important for you. You learn that the stove is hot. You learn to use it for good. You, do. you learn to, when you're riding your bike to be careful. You, weren't, you learned if you ever got an accident, I have, you learn to wear your seatbelt. Like That's you right. learn as you get injured how to protect yourself mm -hmm. in the future. And I believe that God is so good mm -hmm. that he even allows injury to be a part of the tapestry of what he's doing in your heart. Totally. Because after injury, you're stronger, better, and, and more prepared than you ever were because you are still human. Michael, he actually that is takes, so good. He takes the fallenness yes. of who you are yes. and still redeems it for his oh, glory. Oh, isn't that the truth? I... You know, now that I'm my age, I've gotten to learn and live a lot. Yeah. You know, and I appreciate being my age. You know, I mean, it comes with wrinkles. It comes with all, all the things, you know. Somebody commented on social media like, oh, yeah, this is coming from an old hag. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm not going to take offense to that because, you know, there's these stages of a woman's life where you're a beautiful maiden and then you enter into the stage of a mother, and then you enter into the stage of a matriarch. So I am now a, that, a matriarch. What you just said, right? you don't understand. <laughs> that just made me somewhat angry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because I'm thinking, okay, so I'm looking at life. I'm sitting across from you. You're, you're yeah. older than me. Yes. Your, your husband's older than me. Yes, yes. You're where I want to be. Right, we can offer some wisdom. If if I survive, yes, right. <laughs> I'm trying to get yeah. where you are, yeah. and you've been where I am. I have to not honor that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just, I it's just I it's it's so it's hurtful to hear. But I it also gives me, 
I feel bad for the individual who's so deceived. Yeah, well, you know, the, all the ageism, like, we, we don't need you old people. You're old and not pretty to look at anymore, so get out of the way. And okay, let like, me go on record here. <laughs> this, is a, this is a new initiative, yeah. Hector. We're going to find as many old people, and I'm going to say old people, <laughs> right? as we can. And we need them to do podcasts. There we go. Because what what I don't what I'm growing weary of. Yeah. Can I just get on my box? We're here. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting weary of people with no wisdom oh. being the arbiter, being the dispenser. Like, how can you be the wisdom dispenser when you you have there are certain things that you have some wisdom, some knowledge, but you you lack you cannot add experience to no, your life. Oh, you can't. And so if someone has 30 years. Yeah. Of experience, and I'm not talking about 30 years of rebellious living. No, I'm no. talking about 30 years of intentional growth. Amen. Yes. I yes. desperately need to hear you on a podcast talking about marriage, talking yeah. about health, talking yeah. about whatever well, the subject is, because we we lack mentors, fathers, mothers. Don't we? We do, and and that's one of the things that motivates me right now is. And I'm I'm saying this to to creatives especially. Yeah. Don't delay the season of fathering and mothering. Mm. Don't wait until Don't you're wait. ready because there are people who need that right now. Uh -huh. At the measure you can step in, take the 30, 40 years you got and invest it in somebody who's lost at 18. That's right. Turn around and give it back. Give, give it, it back away. and look ahead to someone 20, 30 years out and 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 be open and humble to receive mm. it. Because you don't know where you're going. I've got questions right now about what life may be like if the Lord allows me to live to 60, 70, yeah. 80. What will I be able to do? How is it working for you guys? Like, what do you guys, you know, I, I won't get in your business a little bit, but but you see go, what I'm saying? No, go like, for it. Get I, my, go for it. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I love being my... I want to embarrass your husband over no, there. We're going to get him on the go ahead. <laughs> That's right. My husband's here. I mean, we've been married. Yeah, we do. We've yeah. been married almost 50 years. It'll be 50 years this summer. And, you know, in some, in many ways, because we stay super physically active, we still feel like we're, I don't know, maybe 35, 40. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, I need advice because I don't feel, and, I'm 40, I don't feel. Right. And, <laughs> and we have this beautiful... We still have a very beautiful, intimate sex life, which is amazing. I mean, yeah. so, so many people let that die. I'm like, you don't have to let things die. Yes. But you have to pursue them. That's good. You've got to be deliberate. Come and, on. And drop you, the gyms. Right. Drop the gyms. And you can't be lazy. And you can't be passive about your life. Yeah. You can't think that I'm going to lay on the couch and think good things are going to come to me. You know, like they say now that 30% of males in Japan are still virgins because they just look at porn and mm. masturbate. And so they don't have any real human relationships. And that's a problem in the world we're living in. We think we can just live down the basement and look at porn and, and not shower and, and not get out in this world and think we're going to have a good life. We're not. Wow. So, you know, I was with somebody yesterday Mm. who's a teen yeah. and is sexually active. And I'm like, hey, I want us to get a long-term plan for your sexuality. Yeah. I want us to make a plan. Wow. For how, when you are someday my age, what kind of man do you want to have sex with who will make a good father and a good grandfather who you can create a life with? Let's start thinking about that instead of just instant sexual gratification. Okay, you just made me think of a, a scripture that says, "Without vision, the people perish," and it says that that it means the people that cast off restraint. So when you don't have a vision, you have no discipline, no no incentive, yeah, yeah. to to cooperate with something that yes. that's in. So when you said that about your sexuality, having yeah. a vision for that, a plan a for it, can you see yourself where you want to be? Yeah. That actually gives you the ability to be incentivized to have disciplines yes. in your decisions right Ooh, now. That is so good. That is what every 13, 12 year old needs to hear about. Hey, this yeah. is something God's given you. It's a gift yes. for you. And let's start developing a vision for how it needs to be glorifying to God and a benefit to your family in the future. That's beautiful. To your whole life. Yes. To generations to come.
That's right. And we live in this world that says, cast off restraint. Yes. Have sex with whomever, whenever, however you want to. There's no consequences. I'm like, there are so many unspoken consequences Mm. because you are part mystery. Yeah. And these, you know, you love leading people into intimacy with God. I do too. We kind of do it in different ways. I'm not a worship leader. (laughs) You don't want me to sing. I don't know. Um, I I will beg to differ. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think part of my, what's God put in my heart is like, how do I help people develop intimacy, intimate relationships? So we kind of do the same work, but yes. maybe it's a different runway on the same airport. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, so you, I didn't know if this would, opportunity would come, but you just talked about intimacy, which is so important. I think people need to di- uh, differentiate between intimacy and romance. Oh, for sure. Tell me. Tell me what you're thinking. I want to hear more. So... When we think about when you say intimacy, a lot of times what we're thinking is a romantic image. Mm, yeah. Uh, this is why people get into a marriage and think this marriage isn't romantic, mm. so it's not intimate, yeah. so it's not fulfilling me. Yeah. It, it might be more intimate than it is romantic. That's right. Intimacy is authentic and honest and vulnerable. That's right. Romantic you can have a romantic night, but what romance does, it appeals to your emotions and your senses totally. for a temporary experience, which can be great. Yeah. But you cannot live a life filled on it no. because there are a lot of missing things from that presentation. That's right. A romantic evening, it can be my wife walks in the house and there's rose petals all the way upstairs to the bedroom and it's candlelit. Yeah. But the reality is in the morning, the kids wake up. They're going to wake her up. That's, yes, they are. In, in the morning, my breath won't smell. That's right. Got morning breath. Now, now <laughs> here's what intimacy is. Intimacy is the commitment to the relationship beyond the romance. That's so good. That's intimacy. So good. It will, you know, Scripture says that Adam knew his wife. Yes. It's a deep knowing. It's yes. a deep being known and knowing. That's what intimacy is. Is. And knowing God, and this is the picture, that word yada, not to know, it is being intimately known by God. Intimately known. And so so when you think about intimacy with God, stop yeah. thinking about romance. Yeah. Don't get weird. We're not talking about no the weird things people say about what yeah. they're going to do with the Lord. Like, no, stop. No, Creepy. that's, that's Creepy. disgusting. Ooh, okay? Yeah, don't, no, don't go there. He's spirit. We worship in spirit <laughs> and truth, okay? So let's well, get back. Well, it shows how sexualized we all are. It does. And, and we try to draw these lines. To God. So we're not talking about romance. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about a deep knowing and relationship that, that down to your identity core of who you are, where you're fully accepted. Yeah. And that is what intimacy is. And accepting, being accepted by God and also accepting him. That's right. And walking with him. And then transferring that idea of intimacy to a relationship. Ooh, that's so to good. To know someone. Now, now yeah. the, when you think about how God knows us, yeah. there is no thought that we have that he doesn't know. So yeah. think about your worst thought. Yeah. God knows it. And that's a thought that no one on the earth will know because you won't say it. Well, and that's what actually can make us super healthy. Like if we kind of look at like the Psalms, because David, he'd just say it all to God. Yeah. He's like, here it is. Yeah. I am throwing up, God. I'd like you to kill that person today. (laughs) (laughs) That's real. That's, and, and that's kind and of crazy. Sick, it is really. I'm really. sick of this. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm tired of this. Kill them and their family and uh-huh. their dogs, all their pets. We want oh, in a blaze of. Okay, that's that was mine. I'm sorry. But that no, me. but that was mine. Right, but he does that. He's like yeah. God. You, I'm gonna let you know me. Here's here's what I'm experiencing today. Yeah. Here it is. Like every morning, I get up and I write three pages. Mm-hmm. Just to make sure I'm like, okay, Nancy, get it up. Don't make it all flowery and all gorgeous. Yeah. Like, let's be real. What are you feeling today? Right. I'm like, actually, I'm feeling some jealousy. I'm feeling some anger. I'm I'm feeling some sadness. I'm feeling some joy. I'm feeling some, I mean, 
we're these feeling, you know, I always say we're emotional creatures who sometimes think. Mm, we definitely feel before we think. You know, and we think we're, I think, therefore I am. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Good luck. You're emotional. We are emotional creatures who sometimes think. It's very true. Very, <laughs> right? very true. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Let's just soak that in for a second. I know. It is, it is such a reality, and it's humbling. Mm, isn't because it? Because even the most cerebral, and it's, it certainly is men. Yeah. We don't think of ourselves that way. We think, oh, we're just logical. We're cerebral. Oh, it's like, no, you you feel. You just don't emote no. in the way that maybe women do. But you feel it. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I just, I think it's take a beat to realize how humbling that is. It's so, it makes us so human. Yes. And, you know, it, it's, it's desperately humbling to be human. It is. And I think sometimes... We can try to be extra human or we have this picture of our ideal self that we're trying to present to the world. Yeah. But deep down, we know that that's not really the truth. That's right. I loved what Paul said. He talked about how he had parts. Like the Apostle Paul, right? Like, well, yes. part of me wants to do this, but doesn't. Part of me wants to do this, but doesn't. You know, he's talking about his humanity. Yeah. And that's all any of us are. Mm. And if we could just stop trying to be extra human. Yeah. We might actually have a better fragrance mm. to us. We we might be actually more appealing. And you and you <laughs> would find that the relationships you're in, you would enjoy more. Totally. Because you're not judging them. No. With this unreasonable you know measurement of perfection or just experience i give you space yeah to have to a bad you. day to have a bad moment yeah i give you space to be like me imperfect and and not just that cute and perfect like oh i'm imperfect sometimes i forget to you know do this or do yeah. no 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 i mean sometimes no. i sometimes we make sometimes we and we just let's remove mistakes yeah sometimes we just sin yeah. We make decisions. Yeah. Maybe in the short term, maybe it was reactionary, maybe it was premeditated. Yeah. Um, but thank God for his grace that is changing us. And as we and appreciate not only his grace that changes, but his mercy that oh. is patient with us. Thank God it's new every morning. Every single day. <laughs> and now think of yourself in that way. And if yeah. we're honest, you can say, I'm I'm grateful that I'm still here mm -hmm. and I'm growing. Now, give that gift to someone else. And yeah. that is intimacy. That is an opportunity to see the beauty of what that relationship can bring about. Mm -hmm. And to see your mate, your wife, your husband, and not just your husband, because some single folks, like your yeah. friend, your brother, yeah. your sister. And yeah. this is maybe even where it gets tricky because it's maybe easier for someone who married someone to submit. More challenging for someone to say, well, I'm not married to you. I can do what I want. I don't have to listen to you. Yeah. I'm going to go home by myself. Yeah. Where God has called us to be in relationships and where sometimes singleness can be an excuse or, or used to your benefit to have isolation and autonomy. When, yeah. And you have to make the choice. It's not just about marriage. No, Marriage is a picture of intimacy, yeah. but it is not meant to be limited to that. That's we right. all need people in our lives to be that mirror to That's help us. Right. And we need to love and accept and be loved and accepted, right. whatever the context of the relationship yeah. is. Oh, that. Thank you for saying that. That was so well said. This isn't so much about married or single. It's about humanity. That's right. And are we living in connection and community with others? Will I allow you to reflect back some of my messy humanity back to That's me? Right. And then am I willing to go, ooh, M Michael reflected some things back to me that maybe I need to look at. And this is the reason, Nancy, which I'm going to, I know this is going to be just something that might get you on your soapbox. Yeah. Reason why a lot of marriages struggle. Because it's the first time that you ever got close enough to someone to see how ugly you are and they are. Not and this is true. why you can't wait to be married, to be vulnerable. No. 
it's a practice you need as a human, oh, not as a good. husband. <laughs> oh, let's start practicing today. Now. Today, because how many people get married and think, oh, we're going to, oh, yeah, we're going to do the whole naked and unashamed. I'm like, no, you're not. No, I mean, not. you might take off your clothes, but y- you haven't practiced. That's that just naked. That naked and ashamed is about vulnerable, <laughs> right? That's just naked. It, yeah. Yeah, that's naked. That That's not the kind of like that vulnerable. Yes. Nakedness. Like, I'm going to stop hiding from you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't tell you the times where... You know, we've been married for a long time, so we've had a lot of practice. And sometimes, you know, like we might, I remember one time we got into it here in the kitchen. And in this, this kitchen? Oh, yeah, oh, right there. Oh, okay. Yeah, right okay. there. We Just got into it sure. right there in that kitchen. I mean, don't you and your wife <laughs> This wife's beautiful you, place. I know. Who could argue in this oh, whole you know, <laughs> Oh, you can, you know. You know people who've gone on billion-dollar <laughs> vacations on a yacht and oh, they get into it and want to throw each other overboard. Yes, I mean, right? Yes. So I remember this day we got into it and I walked off in a huff and kind of probably saying some choice words under my breath mm-hmm. and went back to my bathroom and looked in the mirror and I'm like, how old are you right now? Wow. And I'm like, oh, I'm 15. I mean, That's I knew the answer true. right away. Like, right. I'm a little kind of pissy 15 year old yeah and i'm yeah. like okay well let's turn around let's get on let's get back into your adult self and let's go back and have a conversation like you're a grown-up yeah you know what i mean that's right and it's like it was so good for me and sometimes i just when maybe i'm feeling a little high uh, sometimes i go in the bathroom and look in the mirror and go you know nancy you're not always a peach to be married to mm. <laughs> i mean right that's so true. I mean, none I mean, of I'm us. not saying it as a matter of fact. <laughs> I'm just agreeing. No, you can agree. I'm just agreeing. Like, right? You know, with, with you, you yeah, said it. Because if if you're married to anybody, you know they're not a peach 24 seven. I know I'm not. You, and none of us. I'm sorry. I'm not a peach by myself with myself. I, like me neither. I, you ever smell your own breath? Like oh, what? What's what what wrong with you? But, I know. But no, I, I love that it's the humility of honesty with yourself. Like, yeah. hey, can I see yeah. uh, how I am? And I and I, I said it in just, but it's true. It's so true. Many, many, like, where can we can be so tough on other people oh, man. and forget the fact you don't like you sometimes? No. Like, how many disagreements have you had with yourself? You struggle. <laughs> that's what that's what self low self-esteem is. You're having an inner conflict with yourself, and then you want someone else not to have any conflicts with you. Listen, you yeah. you have to. That's why it's important to love yourself before oh. you love someone else, because you learn to reconcile your weaknesses and your strengths and fill in the so and fill the gap with grace. And so you you can give that to somebody else. Uh, oh, that's so good. That's so good. The other day I said to my husband, I said, sweetheart, I think you're having a really lovely fight with yourself. So I don't think I need to even be in the room. <laughs> <laughs> now that is profound. Not every statement needs a response. I'm like, honey, you and you are having a great fight. Huh? I'm just going to... I, I think you're doing fine. You're in the boxing ring yes. with yourself. So you just go for it, darling. I'll be out here when you are and, ready. <laughs> and I have and I've often and I've learned I'm learning to do this better. Yeah. When my wife and I are in a conversation and I have an inner conflict, yeah. not to project that on her. Mm. I'm actually not disagreeing with you at all. No. You just uncover something that I haven't resolved within myself. If we're not careful, that turns into an argument. Boy, doesn't it? Because I'm fighting, I'm, I'm actually thinking out loud yeah. and I'm antagonizing you. Oh, when yeah. in reality, you don't have the problem. What you're saying is probably fine. Yeah. I'm not even prepared to respond to that. Yeah, that's I so good. Think about <laughs> what you're saying is creating conflict, especially, and this is for my for my guys. Yeah. This could be for anybody, but I'm yeah. talking to guys, I'm a guy. So it yeah. happens that sometimes people say things to you that you have never taken the time to feel. Mm. So true. Now, I'm saying this because, by and large, a lot of guys struggle with feelings. They do. And so if you haven't taken the time to really feel that because you don't like how feelings make you lose control or feel weak or feel vulnerable, you will avoid that feeling. But eventually you can't run from it for long, especially when you get into an intimate relationship. Someone's going to say something to you. And it's not about how you can respond to them. It's about how you can be Mature enough in the moment to say, you know what? Yeah. I'm not ready to respond. I have I have run from this. Mm-hmm. I haven't thought about this. 
How about this? I haven't prayed about it. Mm, isn't that true? I, I, maybe, I may need advice. I may need counseling. I may need to ask you yeah. a question yeah. rather than giving you a response to help me with this mm. so that I can take the time to not respond but grow. Yeah. You know, and that is something that I'm learning to do more and more. Even even in that, my questions are changing with my wife. Like, mm. I'm asking, tell me, wife, tell me, wife. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just said, wife. Yeah. When you see me like in certain environments, how did I how did I say that? Oh, that's so good, Michael. I love that you're asking questions instead of just telling her. Yeah, this is what I said. And this is what I meant. It's like, hold on a second. What you said, what you meant, two different yeah, things. Yeah. Instead, how are you experiencing me? Yes. You know, it's such a beautiful question to ask others. Like, hey, how are you experiencing me? And it takes a lot of trust because some people, I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say this, be careful who you ask that question to. Well, yeah, you don't want to ask somebody who's just going to be unkind and rip you apart. Or just someone who has an agenda at the moment. Yeah. However, however, it's to not ask the question at all is to accept loss. And that's not what I'm ready to that's do. Right. So I want to say, okay, I'm going to be careful who I trust, but I'm going to give someone the opportunity to speak into this. And and I think with my wife, that that's a good person. I think yeah. I think we have to do a, a better job intentionally curating people that we can actually entrust things to, and allow God to use those relationships to be a mirror to us to mm. think about things and to grow. Mm -hmm. And there is some risk to that, but another word for risk is faith. Well, Michael, we we're living in this world where we've been told that everything needs to be safe for us. Well, there you go with that one. And love is not, not safe. safe love is risky listen if you take a risk to love a puppy that puppy could run out in the street and get ran over so if we're gonna have any love in our life you have to embrace that it does include some risk and it, if it can feel really risky to ask your spouse or or some a close friend or a relative like hey how am I coming across? How am I showing up? Would you give me some feedback on that? And and, and be open, because even with my wife and I, um, you know, sometimes the response, if, if if she's being honest, is not what I want to hear. Like, no. deeply, we often want to hear, oh, you said that great. Oh, you were or, amazing. the way you, you were awesome. I loved it. Oh, yeah. And the reality is the room for improvement exists. And to have someone there to be honest with you about it even when it makes you feel most uncomfortable, is critical for your growth. I'm so I'm critical. looking out ahead, Nancy, at at the at the rest of my life as much as I can see it. Mm. And what I'm aware of is I have a lot more in front of me than I have behind me. I don't mean in the quantity of years, but I mean in the quality and the value of what I have to offer. It's so true, you know. So I need it's to beautiful. to make sure I do justice yeah. to that offering. In my future. Well, if you're doing the work you need to be doing in the stage you're at, you'll have a lot more joy and happiness in the future. If you aren't doing the work you need to be doing at the stage and age you're at, you're creating a lot of misery for your future. That's right. So I love what you just said. That was so good. Yeah. And and you have developed this wherewithal to realize like the decisions and actions I take today are going to affect my future. And so how can I consider and have a long-range plan, right? Yes, absolutely. And I love that you're continuing to develop and grow yourself and expand yourself. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm what, probably 20, 30 years older than you, and I'm still... You're kidding me. It, well, I, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know how you old you are. You must think I'm 20 or something. I, no, no. <laughs> it, uh, but I, all our sons are in our 40s, if that tells you anything. Okay. One okay. is getting real close to 50. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you know, when you do the work in your 30s and 40s, your 50s and 60s and 70s are so much more enjoyable. And you can keep recreating and expanding and developing yourself. There's no limit. Like, I'm like, I can't wait to see who I am at 90. Because I'm reinventing yeah. myself at 67, just like you are. Yeah. You're, you're continuing to develop and grow yourself. And I, I love that when I look at, when I'm in this home, I, I sense like a, you know, peace. Of course, your, your husband is watching and enjoying yeah. this. We're having a great time. What that says is that you're, you're reaping the benefit yes. in this season 
of all the investments that you've made. It makes me think about where I am, and I'm grateful, but I'm also looking at other people around me now yeah. who are also reaping a harvest of those decisions. Mm. And, I, and it's never too late to make better decisions because you always have a harvest. So always. if you've always got a harvest, there's always time to sow new seed That's and right. reap something different. You, you may not be able to change some of the bad things that happen, but you can redeem them with better things. Right. So, but I think about that when, as I'm moving forward into my life, uh, my future and the years ahead, I'm thinking about how I'm preparing now and 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 investing today for mm-hmm. or something that I won't taste or benefit f- from for years. That's right. And you may not be able to see this. Even with my son, I tell my son all the time, man, you need to wake up early. You, you need yeah. to work out. You do these things. And he's like, why? I'm 17. I got, yeah. I feel great. It's like, yeah. I can eat 20 donuts. I, I told yeah. him, I, I said, I said, son, in your future, if, if you're so blessed to, to live long enough, there is a 70 year old man asking you, please, mm. please don't. Please take I, care of me. Could you please? This is all I've got. I only That's got right. one shot at this, and yeah. it's in your 17-year-old body. Now, I need you to make decisions in consideration of me because you're going to need me later. Oh. And I, and I, if you don't help me now, I can't help you then. Oh, that is such wisdom, Michael. Okay, everybody, all parents, I hope you're hearing this today, that we've got to be thinking instead of just being so instantaneous, they say we pace in front of our microwaves nowadays. We're so instantaneous that we all need long-term, long-range foresight to see what kind of human do I want to be when I'm 70? What kind of wake do I want to be leaving behind my boat? You know, what, Mm -hmm. what kind of fruit do I want to be enjoying when I'm 70? But if I'm not plowing some fields right now, if I'm not pausing to take some of those boulders out of my soil. If I'm not asking difficult questions of myself myself and allowing other people into that sacred space. Yes. Imagine if I had just known that I have a tendency to be a jerk in certain moments. And And we all do. Someone just told me. That you you every time you talk to the kids, you do you you should think about that. Mm, that's good. What if I started working on that? Yeah. Now think about this. Forget about my kids. Think about when they have kids. That's the right. gift I'm giving to my grandchildren. Yeah. By taking the criticism right now with my children. Yeah. And putting something in them that's going to be a seed for generations. That's so. Forget good. the moment. I mean, I want the evening to be great. That's right. But I want the legacy to be greater. I do too. I'm not living for the moment. I'm living for the legacy. There's something so much further out in front of me that matters right now. My decisions have a ripple effect of years and years to come. My model is what's going to be my legacy. So good. Michael, I really like you. (laughs) Well, well, I don't mean that in a weird way, you know. Oh, Um, I didn't take you. Good. I, I really have enjoyed our conversation. So many nuggets that you have shared with our beautiful, amazing community today. I am just filled with gratitude and happiness that we got to spend this hour together. I hope you'll come back and we can do this many times over. Again, that would be great. I hope we can do that. Thank you. Um, Turkey bacon next time. Turkey, that's what I like too. We'll have turkey bacon together. And gluten-free muffins. And gluten-free muffins. See, (laughs) we we vibe on a lot of things. Turkey bacon, gluten-free, that's my mojo. Egg whites. Egg whites. Yes, (laughs) yes. Occasional egg whites. That's my order. There you go. Okay, we got it. We will have the right kind of breakfast for you next time. <laughs> I love it. And really, my hubby will be making breakfast for you and me. Nice, And nice. Hector will have to join us in our food. Yay! <laughs> you, you're down for that, right, Hector? Okay. Well, listen, friends, I hope that there's some real takeaways for you today. Like thinking about what kind of legacy do you want to leave? One of my greatest joys is to hear my sons say, Mom, 
Dad, thank you for doing some really hard work in your 30s and 40s because our lives have benefited from it. We are different. You have handed us a different legacy than what, what you were handed. We weren't, I wasn't handed much of a legacy. <laughs> it was mostly trauma and things for me to overcome. But here's the good news. What the enemy intends to use for evil against you, God will use for good. I can promise you that. And man, I hung on to that in those gut-wrenching years when I was working through trauma, working through really ugly, horrible, terrifying memories that I, honestly, I just wanted to forget them and sweep them all under the rug. But dang, if those monsters would stay under the rug, they kept popping up. And so eventually I had to deal with them. And I know, Michael, you've had to deal with some of your own under-the-bed monsters. We all do. If you are human, you're going to suffer. If you're human, you're going to have experienced suffering. And we can try as hard as we want to get around that by, ah, whatever, sex, drugs, alcohol, money, career, fame, fortune. But guess what? End of the day, none of it works. Because you're a human with a soul, and your soul matters, and your soul is worthy of soul care. So go out into the world today, love you, love you well, start putting aside all the contempt and self-hatred that you have towards yourself or others, and enter into a world of love where there's grace and there's compassion and there's kindness, and wherever you're at, your life does totally has the potential to get better and better and better. And that's what I want for you. I want to help you live a better life. And I know that's what Michael wants too. So thank you for joining us today. We love you.